Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks. We, we certainly hope this uh, podcast, this broadcast is finding you well and serving God with me as always, my friend, my co-host, uh, Stephanie. Good morning, Stephanie. Good morning, Doug. It's good to be with you this morning. So you're right in the middle of a revival at your home church. So how is that going, my friend? It's been really, really well. I um, The Lord's been all the messages I missed one night, but the the rest of the nights and the then on Sunday they've been just spot on, really yeah. good. Yeah. Well, praise God. You know, revival just to revive one's heart. Just understanding that revival is not a church or a corporate responsibility, even though we bring in uh, the revival speaker um, and the evangelist. It's it's an individual responsibility. We can. Seek God's word, seek his help, pray. I'm just saying, I know you know all this, Stephanie. I'm just saying this to the folks listening to us. This is something that we should seek probably every day in our lives is, mm-hmm. Lord, revive us again and revive our hearts and bring us to a place of serving you and a place of wanting to serve you, a place of making a difference. And that's certainly mm-hmm. something we want. So, Stephanie, we, we've been going along and we've added this particular facet where we talk about a characteristic of PTSD, not such a great thing, not so great of a thing uh, of things. And I just hung up the phone probably or zoom just canceled the zoom meeting, just ended a zoom meeting uh, five minutes ago where I was talking to a a dear, sweet missionary brother in Ukraine and, uh, and the battle he's got going on the struggles, you know, a hundred and something refugees at any given time in his church right now, around 120, he just was able to get another 14 into Romania, was able to get 30 in the week before. And, and, um, I, I gotta tell you, one of the biggest things that folks are experiencing in Ukraine and really around the world, when you have military people is this whole separation anxiety thing, Stephanie. I mean, it comes with, you know, that comes with so much. You deal with guilt, you deal with survivor's guilt, you know, if, so the husbands are having to stay men of a certain age. And I think between 18 and 60, you have to stay and fight and join the military, become a conscript. And, and, and then, you know, so the wives and the mothers and the sisters and all the ladies are trying to get out of the country. And as they're getting out of the country, they're dealing so much with this anxiety and, and, uh, and we deal with it. We deal with it here in America when our kids go away to college, when we, uh, you know, when dear, sweet friends of ours move somewhere far away or someone gets a job, our family. And, and I, I want to remind you this morning that this isn't something friends that, you know, that is uncommon. This is something that, you know, Stephanie and I have dealt with. Obviously the people over there in Ukraine have dealt with it's It's one of these things, but I'm so thankful for Philippians chapter four. 
uh, the book that uh, Stephanie had memorized as a young lady. But be careful, it tells us in chapter 4, verse 6. Be, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. And then this word comes along, Stephanie, when you're dealing with this separation anxiety, when you're dealing with hurting, when you're dealing with all the guilt that comes along with it, this word comes along with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. So I want to go to verse seven in a minute, but this verse is, it's really telling us to pray. It's telling us to seek supplication, supplies for people, care for people, love for people. Um, and, but it's, it's telling us to do all this with this word thanksgiving. I mean, what is that saying to us, Stephanie? It's saying do this, but do it with thanksgiving. Yes. Well, an understanding, I'm actually working on a, a ladies stuff for ladies meeting this weekend. And I was actually just looking at this whole concept, you know, the, the whole command to praise. Yeah. The admonition, the encouragement to praise throughout scripture and the power of it. Um, first of all, we do it out of obedience. Okay. We're told, um, we're told to come before the Lord with thankfulness, but that's not just because that's what God wants. God knows that that that's a part of us being who we need to be. It's a part of us healing Yeah. to praise, praise turns, um, those situations that Maybe, maybe you don't have, maybe you're not fully crawling out of your cave, so to speak, when you're praising, but in the cave, you're choosing to say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to exalt you for who you are to, to me because you haven't changed. My circumstances have changed. Yeah. Life is upside down, but yeah. you're still God. And, and, and just giving thanks that he's God and you get to pray with him. So exactly what you're saying, you know, getting out of things and, and knowing when you're saying that prayer, that you're praying to the most high God. I mean, uh, the only one that can answer that prayer, the only one that can bring us through this anxiety, this separation thing. And, and then it says in the peace of God in verse seven, Stephanie, which passes all understanding our human minds, these finite human minds can't understand the peace of God. She'll keep your hearts in minds through Christ Jesus. And, and so to think about this is, is, you know, getting out and trusting God and giving it to God and getting out of that cave of craziness, as Stephanie said, and giving up and fainting on the job and, and, and giving your prayers to God with thanksgiving, being so thankful that he is the one true God, the God that can make a difference, the God you can pray to, and then allowing that peace, that peace that, you know, we can't understand uh, in our minds, how we can get peace through things like this, but God can completely change our hearts, change our minds and change our lives. And, and folks, if we can seek that and live that and mean that, Oh, what a day it can be, what a life it can be. So, uh, those of you with separation anxiety, those of you, uh, with that survivor's guilt, whatever the case may be, give it to God, go to him with prayer and supplication. Go to him with thanksgiving, giving thanks for the ability to pray and, and receive, freely receive and trust God for that peace that passeth all understanding. And Stephanie, we're still cruising along. We're in uh, the book of Proverbs chapter 16, and we're starting out on verse number 20 today. And it says, he that handleth a matter wisely shall find good, and whoso trusteth the Lord, happy is he. 
So this verse is talking about the way that we do things. And, uh, uh, you know, if we handle a matter wisely, if we, and being, we over and over again, Stephanie, we've talked about wisdom being the opposite of folly, folly being that guy that's just a, a gunslinger or that gal that just immediately comes back and is defensive and wants to fight and wants to go down the wrong road, wants to do the bad things. And, but wisdom being that person that thinks about what's going on, that, that answers, the answer is just salted with grace and godliness mm-hmm. and, and, and how happy it is when you trust the Lord, how happy yeah. it is when, you know, I, I mean, what are you thinking, Stephanie, just the happiness and just, just how happy it is. Yeah. Well, and to understand that, that happy in scripture is always going to go along with joy. Um, I was just looking at um, Psalm 30 this morning and the fact that God gives joy in exchange for our weeping um, that after we come through a night, after we're in the, gone through a trial, God promises joy comes in the morning. And um, to understand that that is, that's the kind of joy this is talking about. It's saying, if you trust in the Lord, he'll give you joy. Um, and that doesn't mean the circumstances may be great, um, but you're going to find good if you choose to handle a circumstance that God's put you in a situation. If you under, if you understand that the wisdom that's from above, what that is, that will give you direction in how to respond wisely and how to handle a matter wisely. And it says you shall find good. Well, let me tell you, there's been circumstances in life that I have, don't have a doubt in my mind. I was in communication with God when I made those decisions and handling a matter. And the initial response didn't feel very good. There was kickback. There was stress. There was um, all that comes along with taking a stand. Um, but the good now is overwhelming. And so understanding the long-term, the the long-term, I think the reason this is coupled with, and whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. Yeah. The good may not always appear right away, but when you choose to handle a matter wisely, in other words, you're handling it according to the word of God, according to the wisdom from above that's listed in the New Testament that's pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy, that is what this is talking about. When that is what's governing how you handle a matter and coupled with that, you're trusting the Lord, God's going to give you joy. And in Romans 8, 28, we know that all things work together for good to those that love God. God promises to bring good out of it as you choose to follow him and handle a matter according to his word and precepts. Yeah, no, that's good. And, 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 you know, it's, it's that whole, excuse me. It's the wise, the wisdom of handling things and the trust. And, um, I'm reminded of a story of a gentleman who was a doctor and he would come out, excuse me. And, and, uh, he, he became a Christian and, as he would come out, he'd come out of his house every day or so. He lived in the city of Boston. He'd come down the road, and there'd be a beggar out there on the road who would be begging money. And the doctor gave him a, a couple dollars one day to be able to eat that day and said, you know, I, I, I hope you have a great day. I wish, you, I wish you a good day, sir. And the beggar came back and said, I, I've never had a bad day. And the doctor turned around and looked at him. And he said, but, sir, you're, you're, 
you're wearing torn up clothes, you're begging, your your wallet's not empty. And the, the beggar said, my clothes are as good as God wants me to have. Mm. And uh, my wallet's as full as God wants me, as God wants it to be full. And God has given me two strong arms to uh, to beg out here until I can get a job. This happened during the Great Depression here in the United mm-hmm. States in Boston. And sometimes we forget to look at what God has given us. And boy, that really helps the way we handle things and and uh, and how wisely we handle things and and how we go forth and handle in a matter and, and the joy and happiness that comes with it, how to handle things wisely. And then we go to 21, and it says, The wise in heart shall be called prudent, in the sweetness of the lips increaseth learning. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I love the term wise in heart and uh, being called prudent. It's, a, it's, you know, it's another idea or another reminder, I think, Stephanie, as we go through over and over again, that true wisdom, you know, demonstrated in life changes things. Uh, true mm-hmm. wisdom brings us to a place where we're a prudent person, where we're trusting God, we're stepping out, we're doing those things. And, 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 mm-hmm. and it's demonstrated through our lives, through our children's lives, through our families. And, and, and you know, and, and it goes on to say here in this verse, and I kind of like this in the sweetness of the lips, uh, it talks about increaseth learning and how we present things going along with that verse we talked about in a minute, how, mm-hmm. how we handle things and the wisdom but how sweetness increaseth learning. I think it's how we present ourselves, how we present our situation, how we deal with things. You know, and, and, and lately, Stephanie, I've been dealing with this word. I've been, I've been working on uh, some things, and, you know, I'm calling people. I'm corporately fundraising. I'm sending things out. I'm on the phone every day. I'm writing people. I mean, it's, it's been doing an awful, awful lot of work. And, and one of the things I've learned an awful lot about is de-escalation. <laughs> Because even on phone, even talking to people, people want to attack. And but when you're sweet, you know the number one thing for de-escalation in the American Psychiatric Association is be kind, be sweet, and uh, and that's what God's saying. Boy, it increases learning. I mean, what say you here, Stephanie? Well, yeah, and I see here um, the idea that if if we're prudent, a truly prudent person isn't going to use their mouth as a weapon a truly pr- prudent person is using their mouth to build up to edify yeah and that that is what reveals out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh yeah and so when you are wise in heart it's going to be reflected through a sweetness in your lips your lips aren't going to you know there's people that are known for having a biting tongue mm. They're not known for sweetness of their lips. They're yeah. not known for using their words. They're the people that you hear them talking and you're just like, it's like sandpaper because it's like, why does everything they say have to have this yeah. negative, tear somebody up, bent to it? And there are people out there like that. And that's not who our God is. He's a God that, yes, he rebukes sin. But I, when I look at the disciples, and I think about all of the, you know, Jesus could have spent his life verbally disciplining his disciples. He could have spent the entire earthly ministry trying to hammer each of them into place. And they were a mess. That's not what he did. He taught them. He, he exuded what this verse is talking about. And I think of how he dealt with Peter 
after he rose from the dead and you know he went and he they hadn't caught anything all night which had to have been flashback time for peter and they come to the shore and there jesus had made this meal he had fish there and then he talked to peter and he said lovest thou me more than these do you love me peter more than the fish do you love me more than the way you could make money do you love me more than the way you could do all he approached peter with sweetness of lips yeah with love and compassion he could have he could have lamb blasted peter for peter you know what peter did denying him but he didn't and i think we have an example set forth that and obviously peter wasn't a scorner peter wasn't a fool um there's there's clear ways laid out in scripture you know of how you're supposed to deal with a scorner or fool but as a whole when we're working with others to understand that this is this is should be our roadmap for how we communicate because god says that this is how learning is increased yeah yeah it's it is a roadmap <clears throat> it's an example and and boy i like that that's exactly right and 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 folks you know, we say this every podcast, and, and we're not trying just to be trite or just to keep things the same. But again, it's a decision process, life is. And in, in every, um, you know, every relationship, every interpersonal conversation, every interpersonal relationship, every person you deal with at work, on the phone, in schools, at home, your own family, uh, I mean, there's an, there's an opportunity here to be sweet. And when you're sweet, it changes things. It's like, you know, in my mind, it's almost like eloquence, you know, meets wisdom. And when you put those mm -hmm. two things together, man, things get great. You know, when you have somebody mm -hmm. who's kind and, uh, and you add that to wisdom and they're, they're choosing their words and they're caring about you and you know, you can trust them that changes lives. And I, mm -hmm. I really think that's what you were talking about there. And I like that. And, uh, uh, boy, it increased learning. I think we could almost sneak another verse in here. Uh, and we sure can in 22 here. Understanding is a wellspring of life unto him that hath it, but the instructions of fools is folly. So understanding, so knowing what's going on, education, the opposite of ignorance, um, understanding God's word and things in that life, it's a, it's a wellspring. It just keeps on coming mm -hmm. of your life. It just keeps on coming. And, uh, but the instruction of fools is folly It's the opposite of wisdom. So, you know, Stephanie, what you were just talking about, how, you know, this builds on it. We were talking about how wisdom and eloquence put together makes the sweet spirit, somebody, it can really change lives. And, and then God mm -hmm. takes that and he, he, he notches it up a little bit. And he says, you know, what else is, is really great is understanding what's going on, knowing what's going on around you, being prepared, being trained. And, but, but you know, the, the correction of fools, you know, this stuff that fools are doing this craziness, that's folly. And I mean, looking at that, Stephanie, I'm just thinking that, uh, <clears throat> once again, God is saying to us that, you know, you have a responsibility, Christian, to do things right. You have a responsibility to understand things. You have a responsibility to be wise. I mean, what are you thinking with that? Well, this is just a, I think this verse is just a, it's a plain statement. These are statements. Um, these are facts. And it's like God is just trying to make it very clear um, that when you choose understanding, knowledge is easy to him that understandeth, where you're coming to God and saying, you know, you come to his word and say, open now mine eyes. 
that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law, where that's your heart, where that's what your cry is to God every day. It says it's it, that that heart is a wellspring of life. Yeah. But you choose one or the other. And this is, you know, we go back, so many things in scripture tie together, but the idea of the narrow gate and the wide gate that Jesus gave in um, Matthew in the, in the Sermon on the Mount, and you're choosing one or the other. And even as a Christian, there are Christians who who have come to Christ, they've trusted him for salvation, but they choose, in a sense, even though they've chosen salvation, they choose the instruction of fools. Yeah. And when you do that, when you allow, first of all, when you allow yourself to be around friends that are fools, that are um, ignorant, but then there's a sense in which you begin to sear your own conscience. Um, and you reach a point of where you become a fool yourself, where you're making decisions that are damaging that are maybe life altering because you have gotten away from the heart of the psalmist where you're saying, search me, O God, and know my heart, try me and know my thoughts. And you've gone to the extreme of you have no fear of God where, and, and yes, there is a debate. Can a person reach that point and be saved? God alone knows that. But I know that in Mark, I believe it's in Mark, Jesus said, for what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And that is in context of someone who is a saved person in the sense that their soul is saved from eternity in hell. But when they stand before God, everything's burned up as wood, hay, and stubble. The work of their life is foolishness. Yeah. yeah. And so what if you're saved, this is a very clear black. I mean, if you're unsaved, this is very clear black and white. Beginning of the path is accepting Jesus Christ because to not accept him is to be a fool. But beyond that, if you are saved, are you making decisions throughout each day that are governed by the understanding of the word of God? Or are they governed by foolishness, by foolish friends? That's good. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think that's something we need to ask ourselves. Stephanie's question is maybe a question we should ask ourselves every day. You know, how are we governed? How are we learning? How are we putting this together? Are we are we a sweet Christian? Are we, uh, you know, are we wise? Or uh, are we saying some things that are folly? And I think there's another important piece of this as well that, you know, um, it, this just doesn't mean people that are away from your immediate family. This means everybody that we deal with on a daily basis. It seems like, you know, more and more, Stephanie, I'm dealing with folks who have two personas, the persona at home and then the persona when they get mm -hmm. in a car and drive down the road. And I'm here to tell you that God makes uh, no delineations in that way. Yeah. And uh, we have a responsibility uh, to be wise, to be sweet, uh, to be seasoned, to be yeah. graceful, to be sharing God's word with everything we do. I, I don't want to live in upheaval and folly and craziness. Well, folks, we started this by talking about separation anxiety and boy, how that can affect us. We talked about Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Remember, I stopped there on 4, 6 for a minute and then Miss Stephanie and I spoke about being careful for nothing, but, you know, putting that prayer and supplication out there and being thankful that we can pray to God with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known unto God. And then 
I think there's another verse, Stephanie, a good way to close today, and that's casting all your care upon him, mm-hmm. for he careth for you. And, uh, folks, there's some, there's some unparalleled things going on around the world right now. There's these kinds of things may have never happened before in our lifetime. And I'm not sure where you're listening. I, I know there's seven or eight, 10 people listening to us right now in Ukraine. We want you to know that we're praying for you. We love you. We know all these bordering countries. We, we have uh, subscribers and people listen to us there. Listen, we're praying for you. We love you folks. And you're making an example. Thank you for being on the tip of the spear. Thank you for sharing God's word out there and know that we're praying for you. And folks, if there's anything we can do to help, please look us up on the Facebook page, Helpful Wounded Spirits. Drop us a message and we'll make sure we get right back to you. Thank you and have a great day. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth, and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.